Welcome to the What About series, where we talk about therapy topics in a highly condensed and easily digested way. Our goal is to help the average person understand some of the more complex or misunderstood aspects of the mental health world. Let's get right into it. All right, y'all. You already know we're talking about histrionic personality disorder. And this came up, not necessarily the reason, but something that's relevant with this disorder and things that are going on right now. A lot of you may know, you may not know, about Amber Heard. Jonathan Depp. (laughs) Is his full name Jonathan? I don't think so. (laughs) I just came up with that. (laughs) A.K.A. Captain Jack. Captain Jack Sparrow. Edward Scissorhands. Um, Willy Wonka. Grindelwald. The better Grindelwald. The better, way better Grindelwald. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that, though. Anywho, this is about Hitchcock personality. <laughs> not Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean, not even Harry. Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, the Wizarding uh, World. I call it Harry Potter, but... Should have been more about Harry Potter. Again, yeah. anyway, this is not <laughs> We could probably go off about that. Okay, but anyway, so Amber Heard, Johnny Depp's former wife, um, apparently has HPD, or histrionic personality disorder. Yeah, from my understanding, there was a clinical psychologist brought in to observe her. It, I think it was in the trial setting. So I think she was just in the room or she was observed just by a clinical psychologist in some setting. And it was brought in by Johnny Depp's legal team just to observe her and see if they could use a diagnosis to help back up Johnny Depp's case. And she came up with she had symptoms and traits of borderline personality disorder and histrionic personality disorder. So, yeah, there's that. Wow, there's that. So... What is histrionic personality disorder? Let me tell you. So here's a quick summary. Histrionic, okay, before we begin, reference here. This is going to come from the article from clevelandclinic.org. It's a great resource, as always. We try to find the best ones for you guys to read, so. Yeah, it's a great one. We'll make sure to put it in the show notes if you want to read it. And it's just titled Histrionic Personality Disorder. Yep, yep. So the summary here. Histrionic personality disorder or HPD, is a mental health condition marked by intense, unstable emotions and and a distorted self-image. The word histrionic means dramatic or theatrical. For people with histrionic personality disorder, their self-esteem depends on the approval of others and doesn't come from a true feeling of self-worth. They have an overwhelming desire to be noticed and often behave dramatically or inappropriately to get attention. Now... If you know anything about the Amber Heard case, this is going to make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. because a lot of the things she's done to Johnny Depp are things to get attention, Mm -hmm. like screaming, notice me. And a lot of that comes out in violent ways, and that's the way she chooses to express it. Yep, and um, I'm going to put an emphasis on inappropriately getting attention. Maybe defecating in one spouse's bed would be an inappropriate way. To get attention. That, that might could, be, yeah. It could be considered that, and maybe that's one of the reasons why she would be considered to have traits of HPD, but yeah. that's just food for thought. Yeah, and we're not we're not pro-Johnny Depp, we're not pro-Amber mm. Heard. Just making observations and explaining <laughs> the, the, the diagnosis that the actual clinical psychologist um, placed upon um, Amber Heard as an initial analysis yeah. on her. So. Yeah, however, I am pro-Jack Sparrow. Me too. So. It's great films. I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, me too. I haven't seen the new ones actually. There are new ones. Yeah, the the a one years ago. 
Yeah, there was one. Yeah, I watched one of the new ones, but it was kind of weird. Mm. Almost lazy writing, but Jack Sparrow is still firing it as always. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> and I didn't like Aquaman. If that's if that's another reference of where I stand in general, Aquaman is terrible. Is he that's, an Aquaman? That's what Amber Heard was in. Oh, Amber Heard. Okay. Yeah, I watched like ten minutes of it at my parents' house two Sundays ago. Not a fan, really, at all. I haven't bad. seen it either. So. She's all right in it, but yeah. If you had to compare the movies, if you had to base the trial on who made the better movies, it's definitely going to be Johnny Depp <laughs> <laughs> countless times over, but we'll let the judge decide the actual yeah, that's legal how trials matters. are done. <laughs> yeah, the judge will determine the actual legalities. They go first. off the Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that's how it's going to be determined. And <laughs> we're just here to unprofessionally break down a diagnosis that was professionally made. So. <laughs> but we digress. Yes. So... HPD, it's relatively rare. Research shows that only about 1% of the population has histrionic personality disorder. And, I mean, according, well, compared to, comparatively, it's about, I mean, it's more rare than a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But there are other mental health disorders that are also really rare like this. And not as rare as what we talked about last week with, well, I guess this is going to come out next week not this not tomorrow we're recording this ahead of time as we've talked about before i'm going to hawaii and won't be able to record so when this comes out yeah, um, this will be the episode we talked about diagnosed or dissociated identity disorder that's very rare i think that's 0.01 yeah. percent of the population and yeah. so this is less rare than that but still pretty rare if, rare if you think about percentage wise it's like one out of 100 people right will actually have this and so yeah i mean more people have borderline personality disorder yeah i think that's do. definitely more common this but anyway anyways yeah um getting into the symptoms though there's a lot so we're gonna we're gonna blaze through them pretty quick uh, i guess try to we obviously have shown that we're gonna digress a lot tonight <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just the mood it's all part in. of the fun um anyways <laughs> some of the symptoms are that the first one is that a person with hpd might feel underappreciated or depressed when they are not the center of the attention not the center of attention it kind of goes back to the the basic summary of what hpd is hmm You do three. I do three. Okay. I'll do three. Okay. I was making signs at Austin. <laughs> Sorry. We're all, I'm going to do three. Yeah. Um, Just so, I mean, I think it'll go faster that way. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so the next one, having rapidly shifting and shallow emotions. And the next one is the person with HBD will be dramatic and extremely emotionally expressive, even to the point of embarrassing friends and family in public, which is an interesting one to me. And I've never really thought about that as a personality disorder trait, but... Apparently it is. Yeah. For HPD. I think we all know a friend in high school that would be that way. Yep. Not, not or a saying... friend now or whatever you're at in your life. You <laughs> yeah. might know someone that, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Not saying they have histrionic personality disorder, but uh, yeah. Again, if you have one of these symptoms, this does not mean you have histrionic personality disorder. Very important to recognize yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it does cause a lot of distress in your life, then seek professional help. And there is a slight chance you could have HPD, mm-hmm. but yeah. just having one of these symptoms, you're fine. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the diagnosis part yeah. anyways. So, But Andy yeah. makes a good point. Don't freak out and diagnose yourself based off of you one say, of these. <gasps> That's me. Like, <laughs> I'm it's that okay. person that is embarrassing in public. <laughs> it's okay. You're going to be okay. We're going to be all okay. All right. And the next one here, they have a larger than life presence. Hmm. So kind of like haughty. Yeah, you know, like prideful or 
high yeah. neck. I thought of kind of like it, how it matches narcissistic personality disorder yeah. in that way that narcissists yeah. typically have larger than life personalities. And yep. what we see as a positive trait in a person could also be a symptom of a personality disorder. Yeah. Which is um, intriguing, I guess, to say yeah. the least, that the people that we think are the most, I don't know, the betters of society, like actors, actresses and actors that are like this, I guess. For instance, Amber Heard, who's an actress, and people that are larger and when it comes to social status yeah that not that's all not always a, a good thing to have that type kind of, of presence. breeding ground like yeah exactly being someone with a lot of status yeah a breeding ground for some of these things like just kind of naturally being the center of attention could yeah in turn cause some of these symptoms and yeah maybe develop into a personality disorder so yeah interesting interesting one. all right next two here be persistently charming and flirtatious Again, that's just to get attention. Be overly concerned with their physical appearance. Again, if they look good, maybe they'll get more attention. Yep. And then moving on to the next three here. They will use their physical appearance to draw attention to themselves by wearing bright colored clothing or revealing clothing. So those who wear tie-dye, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can't, or dye your hair multiple different colors. I'm also looking at you. Um <laughs> It's yeah. not a bad thing, you guys. <laughs> Just, yeah, this is all in good fun, all jokes. Um, but it, it didn't. It does show how it all just stems back to that, that, like neuro, not neurological, that um, incessant need to be the center of attention and be yeah. uncomfortable when you're not. Yeah. And so they use their physical appearance to do that and just to bring attention to themselves. Um, they will act inappropriate, inappropriately sexual with most of the people they meet, even when they're not sexually attracted to them. That could be quite the attention grabber if you think about it in that way. And then next, they will speak dramatically and express strong opinions, but with few facts or details to support their opinions. I'm sure a lot of you know someone like that around these yeah. times. Or may have been that way yourself, because yeah. it's easy to fall into that pretty easily. So again, yeah. not a, doesn't mean you have way. HPD, but that's just the HPD trait. Yeah. Next three, they are easily gullible and easily influenced by others, especially by the people they admire. Because they want to make sure they're pleasing others at the center of attention. So if someone asks them to do something, they're going to do it to get approval. They think that their relationships with others are closer than they usually are. They have difficulty maintaining relationships, often seeming fake or shallow in their interactions with others. They have, mm. an, uh, they have a need for instant gratification. They become bored or frustrated very easily. And the last symptom is they constantly seek reassurance or approval. So you guys, you can kind of see with like an undertone with almost all of those symptoms is a oh, time for bed. <laughs> I guess an almost um, pathological need for attention and a, a never ending satisfaction of that need, despite of the effort put, getting put in by the individual with the disorder. Yeah. Moving on to the risk factors here. So number one. To no surprise, that's a risk factor for literally almost everything. I would say I'm not going to do an all or nothing, but in the vast majority of mental health-related issues, genetics. And this tends to run in the family as well. So if you have mom or dad that have it, then there's a likely chance, higher chance, that you can develop it later on in life. That could be from like an actual genetic trait with like a neurological 
um, like a brain structure thing, or it could just be modeling that you get from your parent, and then yeah. you just pick it up, and then you do that with your kids. Yeah. And then it's just like a... Nature and or nurture. Yeah. So good to bring that up. And again, like with most other mental illnesses, the next risk factor is childhood trauma. We talked about that with DID a lot and with a lot of other What About series. Childhood trauma plays a huge impact on mental illness and mental disorders in general. It's kind of the whole crux of the original psychotherapy movement with Freud. The childhood experiences determine everything when it comes to our life, our other experiences. And um, it's the same thing with HPD, that um, a child basically learns to unhealthily cope with some kind of traumatic event, like losing a loved one or having some type of uh, abusive parent, things like that. And that unhealthy coping mechanisms or unhealthy coping styles eventually turn into a personality disorder. And so with this one specifically, it could be um, a traumatic event leads to a need to look to seek attention. That's kind of the coping method to find, to seek and find attention, to get reassurance, to feel safe. And that as a child might come off as un, as healthy or normal, but as you grow up into an adult, that turns into what we call a personality disorder. And so that's yeah. kind of how childhood trauma plays into HPD. Yeah. And you know, one thing that I do want to bring up is you might be asking, why do I need to know about these risk factors? And I honestly think one of the best reasons to know the risk factors behind all of these mental health disorders is to help you have more empathy for them. Because a lot of these issues stem from childhood trauma, the way they were raised, if their parents were abusive. And so it really helps you see them in a different light, not just as someone with a mental health disorder who's quote-unquote crazy, but someone who's been through a lot. And that has a lot of scars and a lot of trauma. And this is just the way that their mind, their body is trying to cope with what they went through. And a lot of the times it's going to come out not in a, again, quote unquote, healthy way or normal way. You know, it's going to come out a bit different because everyone's so different. And their experiences are so different. And when you add trauma on top of that in your childhood, there is just so much that can happen. And... So that's just one, one way to look at risk factors is it helps you realize that, okay, this person's struggling with this. And instead of saying, oh, wow, they're crazy, they're annoying, and they need to go away, you can look at them and see someone who's been through a lot mm-hmm. and have more empathy for them. Absolutely. Last risk factor here will be parenting styles. So children who experience parenting styles that lack boundaries are overindulgent or inconsistent may be more likely to develop histrionic personality disorder. You can see how that can, why that can be, because if the parent is really inconsistent, the child doesn't get attention, or they get too much attention, then that can be something that they uh, bring into their adult life, is if their spouse or friends don't give them as much attention as their parents did, or their parents didn't give them any attention, so they fight for more attention from those around them. Yeah, absolutely. And so all those things and many more things can play into it, but those tend to be the three most common things that have been found through research and through diagnosis. Hmm. Speaking of diagnosis, that is our next topic here. So I'm going to kind of blow through all this um, just really quickly. Um, What has been found through research and from this article, what it says is the diagnosis typically doesn't happen until after the age of 18, 
mainly because of the natural egocentrism and right. So I was um, I guess they get this the natural sent a focus on self that kids and teenagers have mainly yeah. due to the fact they don't have proper brain development to get outside of their own. I think it's called theory of mind, the ability to see outside yourself and recognize that people live um, equally cognizant and um, I, I, like I said, they live the same lives as you do. They live lives and have parents and make decisions just like you do. And so that really doesn't develop until after, um, well after the age of 18 even. Egocentrism takes a while to yeah to get rooted out by yep. proper brain development. And so diagnosis is hard before that because a lot of kids show the symptoms like this. So it happens typically into adulthood, like with a lot of personality disorders are that same way. Um, but the diagnosis criteria from the DSM for histrionic personality disorder require meeting five or more of the following persistent behaviors that I'll quickly read off. And so you have to meet at least five of these, which is being uncomfortable when not the center of attention, having seductive or provocative behavior, shifting in shallow emotions, uses of appearance to draw attention, impressionistic or vague speech, dramatic or exaggerated emotions, suggestible, which means being easily influenced by others, and considers relationships more intimate than they are. You might be thinking, how does a practitioner or therapist even determine that? through like a one-on-one -on -one interview because they're not always going to divulge that information. Mm -hmm. Probably due to the fact that they're maybe a little bit egocentric and can't fully recognize their own problems. So, so I think a lot of the times there will be an involvement with some family members either observing or interviewing other family members like a spouse or a parent to get a bigger picture of the type of behaviors that the person will be involved in to help get a clearer picture and make a more accurate diagnosis. So the person will... The therapist, I should say, will observe and get more information on how the person lives rather than just the first person account of how the person thinks they live mm -hmm. in order to get a more accurate diagnosis. Because if they went strictly based off of what the person said, they might not ever get the HPD diagnosis criteria because they might not divulge a lot of the information or see the see those things as things they should bring up. They might just see it as the way they live their life. Right. So... Yeah. That's what's an important thing to understand with diagnosis with a lot of things as well. Yeah. And I mean, the Amber Heard case is a good example of this. Mm -hmm. It's not like Amber Heard went to therapy and was like, help me. Maybe yeah. she should go to therapy. But in this instance, the therapist or was it a psychotherapist? It was a clinical, clinical? clinical psychologist. Okay. Yeah, I think. So she was like an actual doctor. Okay. Yeah. So the clinical psychologist went into the courtroom and was just observing and watching. Yeah. I think there was a questionnaire involved as well. Um. I'm just, I'm thinking of this right now, actually, I guess she took a questionnaire and I don't know if the clinical psychologist um, gave this questionnaire or just knew about it, but I guess Amber Heard faked the results to a PTSD and exaggerated the questions on her PTSD test to, to make it mm -hmm. look like she had PTSD, which is a, a trait of both histrionic and borderline personality disorder, like exaggerating one's life situation in order to get attention. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one of the key elements in as well, is that, mm -hmm. that questionnaire. But I think there was a lot of observation in the courtroom as well that helped her come to that conclusion. Because if she went one-on-one -on -one in an interview, like Enoch was saying, might not have gotten, came to that conclusion of HPD or BPD. Yeah. Very interesting. Now on to treatment. In most cases, people with histrionic personality disorder, like we talked about, don't believe that their behaviors are problematic. So 
kind of really going on towards that narcissistic side. Yeah, I believe they're in the same cluster, so yeah. it would make sense, yeah. Yeah. So they will always tend to exaggerate their feelings and dislike routine, which makes following a treatment plan difficult. So this is what this is why treatment can be really hard. I mean, that's why for the most part, narcissists don't go to therapy. Mm-hmm. They just don't. It's usually the spouse of the narcissist that does to get help with that and to learn to kinda, how to cope with their spouse. <laughs> yeah, learn yeah. how to cope or learn how to get through it, learn what the right decision is for them. Mm-hmm. And rarely do you have I mean unless it's going to be a couple that come in together mm-hmm. and Which, one of them yeah. is a narcissist. Uh, but most of the time the narcissist won't go to therapy because they don't think what they're doing is wrong. So, really similar here with HPD. Yeah, and what's been found with therapy is that um obviously psychotherapy talk therapy is very is going to be helpful it's very common to treat it but what has been helpful in most cases is that people with hpd um will will benefit a lot from group therapy because it can help them see other people with hpd and maybe help them reflect on their own behavior and see how those people with similar symptoms or live similar lives see how they act and behave and say why well, I, I act that same way and now that i see it in someone else i can see that how yeah. that could be an issue. And so that group therapy is especially helpful for them to reflect and see that reflected back on them or have it that HPD personality put on them for the first time and say, okay, yeah, I could see how that is an issue. And that helps them open up to working on their behaviors and issues and problematic habits a little bit more. So group therapy, apparently we're not experts in this. And we just talked about before the episode that we don't know much about HPD. We learned a lot about tonight, Yeah. but from what the article says and from what I've read in other articles today, that group therapy is very helpful for HPD. Very cool. Well, there you have it. That's histrionic personality disorder. I hope you learned something new. And if you did go ahead and leave a like, leave a, leave a review five stars. Oh yeah. Or Hey, if you really don't like us, leave us a one star. Haven't had a one star yet. Yeah, just a bunch of five <laughs> stars, so we're amazing. That's <laughs> yeah, little HPD of you, sir. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's not pro- It's not a problem, though. Yeah, true. Okay, and you notice it, so <laughs> yeah. never mind. Yeah. All right, well, anyways, I hope you have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah.